We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hey, and welcome back. I'm Raven, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We are going to be talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens, and we have with us Willie. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you? I am doing very well. So, Star Wars has been basically all anyone I know has been talking about for such a long time. The anticipation leading up to it, and now that it's out, everyone is talking about it. So, what did you think of this highly anticipated film? I went into it with an air of nervousness, because... Because what we were coming off of were, were three prequels that just weren't very good and didn't live up to the standards that the originals had. So I mm-hmm. went in partially open mind at the same time because J.J. Abrams is, is a master of his craft. And then I saw the movie and I was very well surprised by how well done it was. I, I really liked it. It was very good. Excellent. So let's talk about the cast because obviously we have a lot of the staple original cast members, but the main characters are new actors that are being introduced to us. So what did you think about their characters? and their placement within the story and the actors who portray those characters. I thought this was the best acting in the entire series. Prequel and original. Yeah, I I completely loved it. I I just want to go on record by saying Daisy Ridley, she is a star in the making. She was so brilliant. I I loved her in every scene she was in. She, She stole scenes from Harrison Ford. She stole scenes from Carrie Fisher. Every time she was on screen, I was she, she's magnetic. I love her. And as far as the visuals go, I mean, Star Wars has always been groundbreaking with its cinematic effects and, and, and visuals and whatnot. So what did you think of this film? And do you think that the visuals and CGI are advanced? Or do you think it is pretty similar to what we've seen in the past? Well, I'm not a fan of the special effects of the prequels. It could be because I, I felt they shot it strangely with, with the way they did the background or whatever. But I felt mm-hmm. these effects are serviceable. I mean, it's not Avatar. It's nothing groundbreaking, but it's it's what it should have been and nothing more or less. Excellent. And Star Wars is famous for having such an incredible soundtrack. I almost just said Star Trek. That would not be good. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Star Wars has an amazing soundtrack. Uh, what did you think of it in this film? And was there you know anything unique to this film or did it stick with the classic themes that we've heard in the previous films? Well, it had classic themes, but then John Williams also brought out some new stuff for us, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to the score being nominated for an Academy Award. Honestly, there was just something very different about the score in this one that seemed so so inspired. Like everyone was was a part of this new direction that they were taking Star Wars in. John Williams really outdid himself this time. That's wonderful. So J.J. Abrams is a legend among the directing community, especially for his work with Star Wars. Did you see that there was continuity within his work with this film and the previous films? Or did you notice, you know, since they are taking this film in a bit of a new direction, that there was a new directing style he added? I caught the lens flare. I just want to go on record saying that. He always has this signature lens flare in all of his movies, and I caught it. I just had to say that. But no, Abrams, he, he did a fantastic job. 
job. My only criticism of him, though, is that it's not really a criticism because I understand it, but he didn't take any chances. There were no risks taken with The Force Awakens, which I guess is a good thing because you don't want to ruin the biggest movie of our generation. But by the same token, I, w- I would have liked to see him try to take it to the next level to give this movie classic status. So I know you definitely seem like this this film met and surpassed your expectations on some level. And one of the biggest things that I was hearing, especially um, among my you know high school classmates, is, is they were concerned that we have such a great thing. We have Star Wars. The past couple films weren't necessarily as up to par as everyone would have liked. But people were very concerned that they were taking the series too far, that they were adding one too many episodes, that this is not a necessary film that needs to be in the series. So would you say that this film definitely did not ruin the Star Wars legacy? It didn't ruin the legacy, but it didn't add anything to it. I, I, I've never been a fan of, of taking something that's great. It's hard enough to make one great film. They make a second great film, and they made a third great film. That, that's a trifecta right there. So to me, there was no reason to have to add anything more to it after that. But, you know, it, the, the fans get a part of it, and, and, they, and they make this fan fiction, and then, you know, Lucas feels the need to say, all right, I'll give you prequels. They didn't turn out so well. And then they were like, all right, we have to make up for the prequels with these ones. So, so you know, Disney comes up with this. And I mean, it's, it's good. It's good entertainment. It's nice to watch, but I wouldn't say it's necessary. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. That's definitely the biggest feedback that I have heard so far from this. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And right now we are talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens. So as far as setting and costumes, did you think that it was uh, pretty standard for what we've seen in previous Star Wars films? Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say across the board for all of them, their their um their costume design, their their makeup applications have always been really really well done. Mm-hmm. So I definitely have sinned being a film critic and not yet seeing this film. And honestly, I haven't really kept up with the past Star Wars films. I think I saw the first one when I was like really little on DVD, and then I just like haven't really caught up. And my brother is super into it, and my family is super into it. So I was thinking about going and seeing the new Star Wars film, but I feel like I should really watch the previous ones. So do you think that that is an absolute necessity to be fully caught up on the story? Or do you think that this film is so good that it can be watched in itself? I'll say this. It is very 100% possible to like this movie by seeing it by itself. It is not possible to fully appreciate everything that's put into this movie without having seen the original trilogy. Well said. Well said. So I do not know too much about the two main characters since they are very new. So can you talk a little bit about the relationship they have with each other and the character development you see within their characters? Yeah, Finn, Finn and Ray are, are their names. Uh, they have they have such great chemistry, these two actors do. They're rather young actors. They're newer actors. It's reminiscent of early Ford and, and early Fisher. You know, they, they have these this banter but this underlying romance. I, I'll, they're, they're much better actors at this age than Ford and Fisher were you know, back in the 70s and 80s at their age. But you can you can see them slowly take their characters and make them something with layer upon layer, which is weird for a film with this budget. You know, they don't focus too much usually on character development. But you could definitely see, definitely see one of the great on-screen romances that, that we'll see in our generation unfolding between those two. That's excellent. And I know you have mentioned and others have mentioned that, you know, while this film is spectacular, it isn't necessarily necessary to 
the integrity of Star Wars. So do you think that they are going to continue and start reproducing more Star Wars films since this recently came out? Or do you think that this is the end? No, this is going to be a trilogy. They've already started filming the next episode. And I'm sure the episode after that will start filming after the next episode. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if they're going to make a fourth trilogy. I hope they don't make a fourth trilogy. I hope they end it with this. And, you know, it'd be a trilogy of trilogies, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't need a a quadruple of trilogies. If all goes well with the next one and the one after that, I tip my hat off. I tip my hat off to them for erasing the scars that were the prequels. I I really do hope they don't continue to make any more. I think Lucas's original vision was something so imaginative and so groundbreaking and it'll never be touched. And while I'm a fan myself, I I never I kind of wish it never got taken as far as it did, because then it takes away attention from the greatness that was A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So as you mentioned, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega are are very young, new actors, and their characters, Ray and Finn, are relatively young as well. Do you think that they pepper in any messages that are targeted towards youth, being that uh, these characters are so young, or do you think that they stay away from that? I I didn't, you know, Raven, I didn't catch anything like that. I don't think they were going for messages with this one. Again, I don't think Abrams nor the screenplay took any risk. I think they were just going for good entertainment that, that the fans can appreciate and that outsiders can, can really can really like. I didn't catch any messages like that at all. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, do you think you are able to relate to any character or does any character in particular draw you in or is particularly eye-catching? Well, I'm I'm a huge Max von Sydow fan and he, he's in the very beginning. Um, I was drawn to him when I heard he was in the cast. I was like, yes, Max von Sydow's here. Yes, he's um, wonderful. I, I, I loved his. I loved. I loved his. I loved his character. I love Finn. I, of course, I love Daisy and the new villain Kylo Ren. He's he's very good. He's a very good villain. I'm a fan of Adam Driver. Yeah, I love him. Adam Driver. I was so excited yeah. when he saw he when I saw he was in this. I, he's amazing. I, I've never seen him bad in anything he's been in. If you get a chance to see a movie called While We're Young, have you seen it? Yes, it is so good. Yeah, he, he's very good in it. I'm a fan of his. Uh, his Kylo Ren was was very layered, very depthful. Um, I, I, I'm attracted to all the characters in it, honestly. And since you mentioned Max von Sydow, uh, who was in some of the original cast, and we do bring back, you know, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and whatnot, what can you say about these old classic characters being brought back in this newer film alongside much younger co-stars? I feel that the team that Disney assembled together were trying to erase the memory of the prequels and the Force Awakens doesn't acknowledge that the prequels existed at all. It's like they're almost a direct continuation of Return of the Jedi. So when we see all these old characters, when we see when we see Han Solo and we see Leia in there, it's I feel like it's half apology, half homage, half here you go, have a good time. Yes, we're going to go through this ride one more time and you're going to love it and you're going to enjoy it. I felt that their their casting was essential and necessary to us enjoying it and remembering where we came from as far as the Star Wars community. Absolutely. Well, Willie, thank you so much for speaking with me about the Star Wars Force Awakens film. It is out in theaters now, so make sure you check it out. It is definitely one not to miss. Willie, thank you again so much for being with us. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Well, thank you so much. I, I had a fantastic time. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm Raven and you're listening to Kids for coming attractions. This week's show is brought to you by The Little Prince by Encircle Entertainment.
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. At 13, you are just starting to become a teenager and are ready to move on to the next phase of your years. The squeals and screams are replaced by slightly less squeals and screams and you're expected to act a little more grown up. Tune in to Life at 13 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through ready for what's next. Life at 13, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We talked to Mosea Bridges, and right now we're going to talk to Naomi, sorry if I mispronounce this, Hirabayashi, who is the chief marketing officer for DoSomething.org and also the co-founder of ShineText. So, how are you doing, Naomi? I'm doing so well, Jerry. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. So, can you tell us about the company you co-founded, Shine? Sure, yeah. ShineText is a company I actually started on the side. I work full-time at Do Something and was actually just inspired by some of the work that I was doing at Do Something and started Shine, which is a daily text to help working professionals Professionals kind of slay their day is our tagline. It's the idea that everyone could use a little bit of positivity and work hacks and reminders on how to be their best self at work. So we launched it in August and are just getting amazing feedback from people who are using it and it's making everyone's day a little bit brighter, which is exactly what we want. I personally thought the idea was fantastic. I don't think it can be applied to me directly, but I just thought the idea that it's just something funny or some confident tips because everybody has that day or that time in their day when they just need something funny to look at or they need somebody to say, man, you're doing great. Stay awesome. So I really think that idea is amazing. Let's oh, talk thanks, about Jerry. no problem. Yeah, let's talk about do something.org for people who don't know do something is now the biggest in the world I believe you said for youth who want to volunteer for different campaigns like one of the campaigns were over 900,000 pounds of textiles recycled so it's pretty big and you are the 
chief marketing officer. So can you tell us about your job there? Yeah. So as you mentioned, yeah, do something.org is one of the largest organizations for young people and social change in the world and the largest in the U.S. And we basically, we exist, give young people um, more accessible and easy but meaningful ways to get involved in social change and social action. And so my role there as chief marketing officer, and I've been there for five years, is to big picture, get get do something.org and our campaigns in front of as many young people as possible. We know that young people want to do good. I mean, in evidence of just what we're doing right now with you amazing young people. And it could just be hard to figure out where to start and not everyone knows where to start. So what I want to do in my role is just get do something.org in front of as many young people as possible. And then in my my day-to-day, what that looks like is I work with our in-house marketing team to identify different media outlets like like radio that can talk about do something.org, different marketing partners. So people like broadcast um, partners that play our public service announcements um, to different celeb- celebrity supporters. So it's, it's constantly thinking about new ways to help young people discover do something.org and take action. I also think do something.org is just a, such a fantastic thing. And it's huge. It's been here for quite a while now, right? Yeah, we were actually, we were founded in 1993 by Andrew who was on a really, really popular TV show called Melrose Place, which was on Fox. And he wanted to use his celebrity and his platform um, to create social change, uh, not just to, you know, create a cologne or a gene line or something like that. He really wanted to use his platform to make doing good as popular and easy as everything else that she wanted to do. Uh, and then we, you know, have been around for over 20 years. It's kind of evolved as an organization. And the biggest change now is that we really rely on tech technology to activate young people. So a, a primary way that we are communicating with our members is all through text message. So you can just text join to 38383 and that'll get you signed up on do something. And that's probably the, the biggest evolution in terms of the organization and how we reach young people in the last 20 years. It is very high tech because a lot of teenagers, I know it kind of directs youth in general, but a lot of teenagers and preteens and all that, they use technology. I mean, I have my phone right next to me. I know a lot of people use their phones day to day and it's very useful instead of going somewhere or calling someone you can just text it and re- that's really easy how exactly. did you get how did you get started with this company so i actually worked at a social media marketing agency for 4 years prior to do something.org and the agency that is in charge of creating different social media channels and strategies for for major companies actually had do something.org as a client back in see 2008 and so I just fell in love with the organization when I met the team and when I heard about the mission and when I got a sense of the culture and from there just stayed in touch with the leadership and over the course of the following years the the right position opened up and I joined in 2011 as the director of marketing and it's it's been awesome. And I, I, I love the organization so much. It is definitely a fantastic organization. So what do you think is your favorite campaign out of all the campaigns that were ever there? Jerry, that's a really good question. I I truly love them all because they all have their, their do something.org twist. I have to say one of my favorite campaigns, it's actually live right now. So it's something you could, you could sign up for right now is called Grandparents Gone Wired. And so if you go to do something.org or go to grandparentsgonewired.com, you can actually sign up. It's all about using technology and and your just savviness as as a teenager to uh, help older adults and seniors get set up on technology to help stay in touch with loved ones, um, particularly over the holiday 
season. And I love that campaign so much because exactly what you were saying, Jerry, earlier about, you know, just how as a teenager, you know, technology is something that you love and is part of your day-to-day. And it's just something that is so natural and just a part of your day-to-day life. And knowing that there's an entire generation that uh, could feel intimidated by new technology or could feel like it's a blocker for them to stay in touch with people or be, you know, as active with you know, socializing and stuff like that. The ability for teenagers to be the mentors and to be the teachers uh, for for the older generation is just, I I personally feel is is a really powerful and and beautiful message. And it's also just a fun campaign. We get amazing report backs and and content from young people telling us why they love this campaign so much. So for Grandparents Gone Wired this year, an example is you can teach older adults how to text using emojis. So as you can imagine, we've gotten some great photos and responses. Yeah, I saw that campaign. It is very cool and very unique too. I mean, there's a lot of campaigns out there that teach grandparents how to use technology, but specifically texting with emojis. That that's very unique, and I definitely agree. It's one of my favorites as well. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network, and today we will also talk about the new movie Concussion with Haley, and we're going to talk to the new critics. This is the first time on the radio show, so welcome them, Abigail and Benjamin, about Thomas Edison's Secret Lab. Secret Lab meaning holiday plans. That's a very long title. Right now, we're going to continue talking to Naomi about her work with Do Something and her own small company Shine, which does amazing work. It pretty much allows people to be texted motivational stuff, tips that helps them get through the day and comedy and all those things just to help them get through a tough day or an anxiety or all of that. So my next question is for kids that want to make a change in the world, what tips do you yeah. give them? My first tip would be is awesome. I love that. And that's again, exactly why do something.org exists. And you know, my, my first tip would be to identify what you're most excited about, what you feel most passionate about, which could be a lot of things and could be changing things. And and going to do something.org, you will see so many different options. And so if you do want to get started, we really are existing for you to give you so many ideas. So that's one tip. And the second thing I would say is rally your community and your friends and your parents or whoever it is that you feel is a huge support system in your life and will really get behind you. We hear so often in that uh, the number one reason young people volunteer and, and take action is because their friends are doing it. So just thinking about how you can make it something fun and social and, and you know, doing it with your friends. So it's just another fun thing to do on a Saturday versus something you kind of are, you know, maybe anxious over or unsure of. And the third thing I would say is there's a lot of things that might be considered volunteering or causey or social action that you don't even realize are social action. So anything from standing up to someone in the hallway because you you are witnessing bullying to having, you know, powerful discussions around different movies that you love because they represent a more diverse set of women in power or something like that. There's so many different ways to interact with cause and, and cause content that just think about what you care about most or what angers you or frustrates you or moves you. And there is absolutely going to be something out there for you to do and to just keep it up. I think that's fantastic advice. That's very nice, very very inspirational. Oh, good, Jerry. You're very inspirational. <laughs> Thank you. So what do you think the goal of do something.org is? So our, our goal is to have the most amount of young people doing the most amount of good on the most amount of causes at any given time. Probably what sets us apart the most from other organizations is two things. One, the scale. So we really want to have and, and do have this movement of over 4.7 
million members taking action. And that scale is really important to us because we think young people and the world needs to see movement and, and an entire generation taking action because so often people say, oh, teenagers these days are apathetic and every generation is always kind of skeptical of the next. Um, but we, we, we know that that's not true. And so the more success that Do Something has, the more that we're proving those skeptics wrong. So yeah, that first point is scale. And the, the second thing is we want doing good to be more accessible than it sometimes feels. So it can feel like there's a certain kids that do, that are going to start their own organization or there's that group that always does this thing or doesn't do that thing. And we, we want to make sure every young person out there knows that they have the capability to be someone that is a social activist and, and really active in volunteering. But it typically takes a more kind of easy and accessible first first campaign, a first call to action, a first ask to get their feet wet. And other organizations can sometimes feel too intimidating or scary or, or overwhelming. So the more that we can help young people take that first step, the more we feel like we're succeeding. I'm just baffled by how big do something that org is. And it is just such a great cause. I absolutely love what you do with do something that org do. Thank you so much for talking to me about all your work. If you like to check out do something, go to the to name do something.org. It's a site. And if you'd like to check out the other company, Shine, you can find it at shinetext.com. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Orse, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And this show is sponsored by N-Circle Entertainment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First Film Critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You 
are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We just finished speaking to Naomi Hirobayashi about Do Something. Next, we will discuss these two new reporters, Abigail and Benjamin. We will also be talking about Concussion and Thomas Edison Secret Lab Secret Lab meeting. So right now, we are speaking with 8-year-old Abigail from L.A. and 10-year-old Benjamin from Washington, D.C. about being new film critics and Thomas Edison Secret Lab Secret Lab meeting to say Abigail and Benjamin. I'm glad that you're here. This is your first radio show. I love first radio shows. I get to know you guys and see how you like kids first. So with you guys just finishing up training, Abigail, can you say a little bit about training and how you liked it? Well, I love training. I liked it because it made me feel happy and I like to write stuff and I like to like watch movies. I love the characters in Thomas Edison's Secret Lab and science my favorite subject. So I, so I go crazy crazy over science so I'm like yeah (laughs) well that makes one of us I love science but it's not my favorite subject but I do love movies this is why I joined kids first I love movies I love writing just like you so I think we have a connection now I think we now have a connection because we both love writing and we both love movies so (laughs) Benjamin how did you think training went and what was your favorite part about it um I think my favorite part about training was they did a really good job of preparing us for what was going to come we're doing and kids first and giving us a good idea of like what kind of assignments we would go through and mm-hmm. what we would do and I just really had a lot of fun. Do you think that now that when you watch movies you'll have this like different perspective because you've been through training and kind of know how the film critic world goes? Yeah I think I'll look at it and be a little bit more critical and also consider everyone that's worked on the film and like see all the different aspects and if they're good or not. That is something that I learned before when I was not a film critic I was like oh yeah the only people in this film that matter are the actors and then after I became a kids first film critic and I got into it and I learned all these new words that I didn't know about the film industry I was like oh my gosh the producer and the executive producer and the director and the costumes and and all these other different things and now I get to look at it a little bit more closely and find out if it's an actually good film and entertaining film that other people like to watch so Abigail how did you hear about kids first I heard about kids first because sometimes I go up on the computer and I like to look about, up about acting and stuff. So I looked up on the computer. One day I saw kids first. And I asked my dad, hey, there's this kids first thing. And I looked into more about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's red carpet interviewing. So I was like so excited. And I'm an actor, so I connect to that really well. So I've been on the red carpet event before, so I understand and it's amazing. I'm glad that you found it yourself. I was one of the people that my mom was like, oh my gosh, this sounds really cool. And my mom brought it to me. But I'm intrigued that you found it on your own and you were like, oh my gosh, I should totally do this. So kudos to you. (laughs) Benjamin, is film critiquing harder than you thought it would be at the beginning of the training? No, since I've been doing it for a while. True. But the training, like I said, it sort of helped my reviewing a little bit. But it was still sort of the same. And since you've done this before, 
Or is there anything that you'd like to say to the people around your age range or the people that are looking into going into film critiquing? Is there anything that you'd like to say to them? No, I just say if you're interested, then I'd try it out. It's pretty fun. Cool. And I think it- after a while, you'll get more used to it. And then it'll be easier for you. And in in the end, it's pretty fun. And I think that's a good message. If it's things get hard at the beginning because you don't know what you're doing. You're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know whether to put this here or that there. And so at the beginning of things and a lot of people are like, oh, it's hard. I'm going to quit. But then as they get used to it and as they learn more about it, they flourish and they grow like a flower. And they notice that it's not that hard. Well, not that hard, but not as hard as they thought it would be at the beginning because they grow and they flourish and all this other fancy fairy talk. Abigail, what is your favorite part of being a Kids First film critic now? First, I'm so happy that I had the opportunity of Kids First. And second of all, I really... Just a lot to take in? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I definitely understand. I'll be like, um, yeah, I am. Um, and it's just a lot in my mind. I definitely understand. And that is one of the one of the responses that, I, that I've gotten a few times. Like, I don't know what I liked most about it because it was all awesome and fantastic and amazing things. So that answer was fantabulous. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network and today we are talking about concussion and now we have two reporters that will be talking about Thomas Edison and being a new film critic and all those other types of things. So right now we are continue speaking with Abigail and Benjamin and we will go transition into Thomas Edison's secret lab. So Abigail, what were your first thoughts on Thomas Edison's secret lab? Well, I liked that it was science. Really cool. And I liked that the character Angie, in one of the episodes, made goo a green goo out of, like, some chemicals. And, well, the goo was feeding on electricity. So, and then it made a monster. So I thought it was really funny and really cute, and I liked that. And I liked about the fossils, one of the fossils ones. I liked that one of the characters, I think Kent, found, tripped over a dinosaur rock, but they didn't know it at first. And then Angie dusted it off. And he found a dinosaur fossil. So they went through a machine called Alva and it transported them to the dinosaur time. And then they walked down like a hill and they kind of found this swampy area. They found a footprint that kind of looked like the fossil, but it wasn't really as big as the fossil. So it wasn't the fossil. So they looked in the water, something like rumbly was happening. And then there's this water dinosaur that popped out of the water and they saw its footprint and it matched. So it was really cool. I loved it. So, Benjamin, tell me about some of the characters involved in all of these episodes. There's four characters, um, Kent, Angie, J.D., and Nikki, and they all work in this secret lab with um, a hologram of Thomas Edison that sort of advises them on their science adventures. And they also have a robot named Von Bolt that also helps them. And who's your favorite character? I really like Thomas Edison because he seems really smart, and he's always helping the kids, and he's very wise and really stays calm during when everything's chaotic. I applaud Thomas Edison for being calm and collected in stressful times. So, Abigail, how many episodes are there, and do you think that this is too long or too short? Or Well, I think there's eight. I'm pretty sure there's eight. And I don't actually think they're too long because, like, I enjoy it so much. But maybe for little kids, it might be too long for them because they sometimes can't sit still. <laughs> true. They're true. Small children attention spans are not always the longest and that's why that's why they make G movies and that's why they make short films and things like that so that little kids can watch what they enjoy without getting restless and without going all over the place because
because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm bored, I want to eat. <laughs> yeah, but I think that they might like the science and all the cool stuff in it. Well, I know that you do. <laughs> so, Benjamin, do you feel in order to watch these episodes and really connect with all of the stories that they're portraying, do you think you have to love science or do you think that anyone can watch it? I really feel like you have to have an open mind while watching this. I really don't think you have to know that much because it teaches you so much in the episodes. You just need a fresh mind and you just need to prepare that you're going to learn a lot of stuff. And do you like science a little bit more now that you know more about it? It obviously made science a lot more fun and I I usually, um, science is not my favorite subject, but in this show it made it a lot more. Yeah, I think that is the goal with a lot of things that want to succeed and show and teach kids about things that aren't that exciting to, like for Abigail, science is awesome, amazing, and fantastic so it was easy for her, but the fact that it made it easy for you as well since it's, since science is not your favorite, I it's good because it's like, it makes, it makes subjects that aren't people's favorites a lot of the time to become this fun, easy way of learning so I'm glad that you liked it Thank and you. <laughs> Benjamin, how many stars do you give this film? I would give it 3 out of 5 and why's that? I enjoyed it but it's not my kind of audience but I still enjoyed it in some ways and I think little kids will really enjoy it but like Abigail said sometimes their attention spans aren't very long true and Abigail how many stars do you give this film? I think I know but <laughs> I'm gonna ask you anyway well I give it 5 out of 5 stars yeah is there anything that stood out to you that made you give it 5 out of 5 stars? well yes there there was multiple things that stood out me because I liked that I loved Von Bot's voice and it was like cute. I liked that accent. It was really cool. And I liked that one of the episodes, it was really interesting that he got water on himself and he like acted all crazy because he needed like his socket to be clean. Well, I just wanted to say that again, I really like that you like science. I don't know why I like it so much, but I find so many people that don't like science. They're like, ah, science is boring. So keep loving science. Well, Benjamin and Abigail, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about being new film critics and and Thomas Edison's Secret Lab Secret Lab meeting. And Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It was nice to talk to both of you. Thank Thomas you. Edison's Secret Lab is on DVD, guys, so please check it out. If you love science, check it out. And if you don't love science, check it out. You can learn a lot new things, and learning is fun. <laughs> Let's take a break. I'm Brianna Hope Beaton, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attraction. This show is sponsored by N-Circle Entertainment. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This year's Kids First Film Critics Search Campaign launches September 1st and runs through the end of November. Kids ages 6 to 14 can enter for a chance to compete for eight coveted slots as Kids First Film Critics. To enter, kids need to submit a videotaped review of one of the official search campaign films or DVDs. Public voting determines the 20 finalists, and a panel of celebrity judges determines the winners. Last year, more than 11 million votes were cast for fewer than 100 contestants. To date, some of the exciting assignments covered by the Kids First Film Critics include a week-long film critics boot camp at the Walt Disney Studios, the red carpet premiere of Winnie the Pooh, sneak preview coverage of films like Cars 2, Judy Moody, and The Not Bummer Summer, with coverage on AOL Kids, Voice America Kids, and Working Mother. 
Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org or on the Kids First Facebook page. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org or the Kids First Facebook page. And hurry, you only have until the end of November to enter. What about the world concerns you? Is it future success? Is it world issues? Are you just looking to change the world in general? Tune in to What Up World. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, or what you look like. Everyone is entitled to the same chance for success. Follow your dreams. Move forward. Make a difference. Tune in to What Up World every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about a lot of great stuff and a lot of cool people. We've been talking to Masaya Bridges about his company. He's a very young entrepreneur. We've been talking to Naomi about her work. We talked to a few new reporters, very new to the show. It's their first time on the show, so welcome them about Thomas Edison's Secret Lab. Right now, we're going to talk to Harmony about the new film with Will Smith, Concussion. So, Harmony, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fantastic. So, what did you think of this film? I thought the film was very educational, informative, and very interesting for people who like science or sports or both or neither. But those topics are interesting for people who don't, don't like the topics. So I thought it was very it was very interesting for people of all interests, I'd say. And the story itself is very controversial and very interesting because what it covers, it covers this random doctor who discovers something that can go completely against the NFL, one of the largest companies in the world. And it's just very interesting. So I have to ask you about this. Will Smith, who plays Dr. Bennett, did a phenomenal from the trailer. Everybody's saying this is one of his strongest roles ever. And throughout the film, he had a very thick accent that he did perfectly. So what was your opinion about his performance? Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Actually, I was doubting that it was even Will Smith. I actually looked it up and, like, knew that it was Will Smith, but the person I took to see it was like, this is not Will Smith. I couldn't recognize him. The <laughs> accent, the accent was spot on. Like, it, I was just stuck on his accent the whole movie. I was like, how is this fake? Like, it's so on point. And he looked different in this movie, too. I think they made him gain weight for the role because he and they made him look different. So he totally passed as a different person. He definitely put himself in a different mindset to play that role. And he totally pulled it off. So unrecognizable for the typical Will Smith we know. And yeah, he was already a fantastic actor. So judging from the trailer, just from the few minute trailer, I really think he may win an Oscar for that role. It does look incredible. Yeah, his acting was phenomenal. So the story has quite a lot of angles you could look at. And you could look at this perspective how he's just somebody from, I think it was Africa he's from. And he comes to America trying to be successful, trying to find his place. You could look at the love story, I believe. There's a love story. Or you can look at the actual drama. Do you think that the story goes a little bit all over the place? Or do you think it focuses on one thing? 
thing? And if so, what is that? It does have a bunch of different angles in it, but it's not confusing. It all connects together. And I'd say the main focus is his struggle to make America aware of something and how corporate America tries to hide things so that they can get their consumer benefits and stuff. And it really shines a light on things that are not seen, like they're under the table and issues that we like actually face in real life. And it's actually interesting because this story is a true story. So this disease is real. There is a real pathologist named Dr. Amalu who found this. And there was actually a controversy between the NFL and this doctor trying to inform, you know, football fans and the football world of this issue. So it was really interesting how that issue is also a real life situation. And it was portrayed really nicely in this film as well as the little drama love story in the background. It all tied well together in the movie. That's good to hear. So we gave a lot of praise to Will Smith because I think he deserves it. Let's take a look at the rest of the cast. I mean, we have Alec Baldwin, Albert Books, we have David Morse. How did they all do? They did really good. They all put themselves in, in their character really realistically and you can tell that it's just one of those movies where you see the acting and you think that that person is actually the character. You don't think about them in the other roles you've seen them in. So when I think of them now, I actually think of them in this movie. So that just shows that they did really nicely and I feel their their character is them in real life. You know what I mean? Hmm. So that they did a performance as if they were really that person. Yeah. That's really good to hear. So what is your favorite scene in the whole film? I really like the science side of it because I find neuroscience really really interesting and that's stuff I want to go into in the future so I found the studies that he would do in the laboratory and actually seeing him perform autopsies and stuff that was really like interesting to me because I like to see the forensic side of things especially the visuals so I thought that part that the scene where he does the autopsy was the most interesting for me. That sounds very interesting I have to agree neuroscience is very amazing and quite intriguing to learn about so I have to agree that those scenes would also impress me the most they're just kind of cool to learn about the human brain more. Mm-hmm. So there is also this part that he does very interesting techniques to deal with the bodies he looks at because he doesn't deal with a lot of people. He deals with their bodies and he finds out the cause of death. So what do you think of that? Because he has very interesting methods, as they say in the film. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it was really interesting because you get to you get to see him figure out the issue. And, and it's interesting because he says that the disease cannot be seen by brain scans. You only know if the person has it if they're dead. So seeing him come to that conclusion is really, is really, really interesting because no other person could have figured that out with the brain scans. He went through all this extra studying, all this work at his house, and all these studies that he conducted to figure this out. And it's really interesting to see how he tries to inform people of this and what he goes through to find his findings, you know? That is very interesting. Do you have a favorite character? Mm, I'd, I'd probably just say Will Smith's character as Dr. Amalu because he portrays it so amazingly and realistically and he puts so much passion in the character's role and you can feel the emotion that the character goes through, the frustration, the desire to be heard, his his just difficult time in America too. You get to feel how he feels because the acting was portrayed so nicely and the character the character is just amazing. <laughs> You're listening to Kiss First 
coming attractions on Voice America Kids Network. And right now we are talking to Harmony about the new fantastic movie Concussion. We're just really talking about how Will Smith, he did fantabulous. I'm going to use that word even though it's not real, but that's okay. And we're just talking about how he did incredible, over-the-top, amazing, playing Dr. Ben and Omalu. So my next question is, how's the directing? Let's move on from Will Smith. Let's talk about the director, Peter Landisman. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. How did he do? I thought he did amazing. The whole movie was well put together, considering it's very difficult to portray a real-life scenario because, you know, it's it's based on a true story, so you have to make sure that you portray these real people, the real doctor, the real football uh, corporation, all correctly. You know, you don't want to... You also have to keep in mind not to offend anyone. You, have to have, you also have to keep in mind to keep accuracy and to make sure you include the things that are important to the story, especially how it has multiple sides. So I think that Peter Landisman did an amazing job doing that. That's very good to hear. Directing is very important. Some would say it's even more important than the acting. How is the cinematography, the, all the camera shots in the film that makes the film look beautiful, making art? I thought it was really good, especially the parts with... Uh, for one part that was really uh, memorable were the football scenes, seeing all the angles where pe- football players run into each other and all the angles where they smash and run and you can see all the speed. You can like feel the speed in the camera motion when they hit each other to emphasize the impact of uh, head collisions. And also, I really liked the camera motions when he was performing autopsies because it made it so that you can feel and like sense what's happening to the bodies, but it doesn't fully show you the cutting and the goriness. So it was like a perfect in-between where you can... It was like really nicely done with the camera angles in the laboratory so that it wasn't completely like explicit and gory and disturbing, yet it was really realistic and memorable, I'd say. Speaking of goriness and all of that, it's rated PG-13. Do you think that's an appropriate age rating or do you think uh, kids younger or older? I think the rating for PG-13 is fair and reasonable. There are some, say, like disturbing visuals, but it's not anything disturbing for people over that. I wouldn't say that anyone would be disturbed, I'd say, from age 13 or older. So I think that it's pretty fair to have it start from 13 up. All right. And how many stars do you give this film and why? I give this film a four out of five stars because it's really educational and like informative, but also engaging with the whole sports drama side of it, the realistic factor of it, and also like the love drama in the background. I'd say like it's one of those movies where you kind of have to pay attention. It's not one of those movies where it's like, oh, just have it in the background. You can like multitask and stuff and still get the full value out of it, like most comedies or whatever. This movie, you really kind of have to pay attention to it and fully engage in it for it to be like enjoyable, I'd say. So you can like really get the full benefit from it and the value of it. So that's why I'd say five, uh, four out of five stars. And what do you think the main genre is? I'd say drama or sport. Ooh, that's hard. I'd, I'd say drama, I guess. And why is that? Mm-hmm. Because it's talking about, even though it's really educational and tells you all about the medical side of this issue, the issue of it is mostly dramatic between his findings and what the NFL company will like allow him to express. So it's basically just like a war between him and like the NFL company. And do you think this film is controversial at all? Because like I said, it is a very controversial topic. It's very, what's the word for it? It's very disliked and liked. Yeah, I can see how it's controversial, but I definitely think that it's good that it's um, being, it's informing people. And I, that's what the movie talks about, informing people of this knowledge and this disease, even though it's going to have many disadvantages to say the football company and other people, but it's, it's 
it deserves to be heard and expressed and have a lot of people informed about it. So I think that it's good that this movie, even though it's controversial, is, you know, existent and in informing people today about what's going on. I definitely agree. Thank you so much for talking to me about concussion. Thanks for having me. And that is the end of our show. I just want to wish everybody a happy new year. This is our 196th show. I'll see you all next year. Thank you so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. Be sure to watch our video reviews of the latest film and DVD releases and learn how you can become a Kids First film critic. Go to kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of the Huffington Post. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media on Voice America Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Ant Circle Entertainment. Thanks for listening. again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids.